before we get to the episode, I just wanted to shout out to my fellow podcasters. Thank you for the support. I really appreciate it. I want to give something back to you guys as well. If you're looking for sponsors, affiliate links, ads, go on podmetrics.co. That's P-O-D-M-E-T-R-I-C-S dot co. And use my code Divine Healing by D to sign up and find sponsors. That's podmetrics.co. Referral code Divine Healing by D. Good luck. So if you know me, I love to discover new wellness activities and I found the perfect one that would make a great girls night out, guys night out, uh, great for date night, gift, we have Mother's Day coming up, we have Father's Day coming up, like this is the best gift to get. So it's basically you're going to be floating in a tank with beautiful stars on top and the tank is filled with 1,000 pounds of Epsom salt has so many health benefits it's great for stress depression anxiety it's great for blood circulation and just great pain management it's really fun to do it's so relaxing you'll take the best nap of your life and they've been so kind to give a discount for my listeners so if you mention Davina or the podcast divine healing by d you'll get your first session for 59 dollars. that's about 30 percent off it's not going to be the first only time you're going to go. You're going to just love to go after one time. So just go to Lift Huntington and mention my name to get your first session for $59. And let me know how it is and how much you love it. I'm sure you will. Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today we have a real treat. We have Claire Byrne. She is the resident heartbreak coach for Kourtney Kardashian's Poosh. So I'm really excited that I got her on here. We're going to talk about how she started her business, about heartbreak, just about what she does now and how she helps women strengthen their self-love and confidence and basically not to ruminate over somebody who has not been treating you well. We're going to talk about green and red flags, what to look for, how to help yourself in relationships, and how to not make the same mistakes over and over again. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode and learn something from it. Here she is. I am a life coach, but specifically I identify as a heartbreak finding love coach. This has evolved over the last three years. Um, I've been a life coach for five years and ultimately honed in on my niche as a heartbreak coach three years ago. The real truth is that I became a life coach five years ago because I had started off soul searching healing journey actually 10 years ago. So I was already about five years into my soul searching journey and I was searching and searching and searching because I had um, been in a really emotionally abusive relationship with a bona fide narcissistic sociopath and it really just destroyed me on so many levels and I was, I, I actually got my yoga teacher training in 2010 when he and I started dating and um, was already on this, yeah, soul searching journey, actually a little bit prior to him, but it was mm-hmm. almost had to get that much worse <laughs> because oh. I'm still not listening to my gut and painting green over the red flag. So then 
ultimately I discovered life coaching and I really loved it and felt like these tools are transformational, but I kind of kept, you know, when you launch a business and you're mm -hmm. an entrepreneur and you put yourself out there, it's really vulnerable to share that specific story. And I was also terrified. I, he wasn't a physical abuser. He wasn't a sexual abuser. He was an emotional abuser, but that's sometimes still that's worse. Yeah. I mean, I always say, who's to say what's, wh I guess the only, the thing that sucks about the emotional abuse is that you can't go to jail for it. Right. Yeah, like, wow. Exactly. <laughs> But get punished, but you can't get punished by any authority for emotional abuse. And right. I mean, I guess if you have a narcissistic boss who's like gaslighting you and you have proof, I guess. But you know, in romantic relationships, it's not illegal to be emotionally abusive. And so I was really terrified to share my story, but ultimately got my heart broken again. Oh, great! <laughs> I, I actually like a few. Oh. I know the common denominator was me, <laughs> so, um, but you know, the rock bottom relationship 10 years ago was the darkest moment. And then I was, you know, coming out of it and avoided dating for three years after wow. because I was terrified of being hurt. And then, um, ultimately I was a coach for, yeah, like two and a half years. And I dated a guy who was like way better than the one, you know, five years prior, but still very emotionally unavailable. Mm. And even though he was a better human on paper and not a liar or a cheater or a manipulator, um, I, my heart got broken again, but this time I was already a coach and I had the tools and I knew I was going to move through the pain very differently. Not that it's like less painful mm -hmm. because heartbreak is excruciatingly painful but this time I had tools and I was just super inspired to share my story because I just felt like at the time you know it's three years ago even I just feel like I think like life coaching in the industry has just exploded even in the last few years oh my gosh yeah and so um, I, there was nobody else that I knew and I was really doing tons of research to be and I was mm -hmm. out there for someone to give me the answers and the solutions to move through heartbreak faster and Aww. easier. And, you know? and then I was like, wait a second, maybe I'm the person that needs to be talking about this because really people weren't. And so I put my story out there and somehow Courtney Kardashian's push.com, someone in, on her little team. Her, <laughs> close yeah. On her. Exactly. I was like, what push? And somehow they found me and I started writing for them and then my podcast and my business just completely blew up two That's years amazing. ago. And then ultimately I called in the love of my life. And so now it's just evolved into healing your heart and finding love because I came up with a very specific step-by-step -step process to call in my now uh, love of my life. Oh, so, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. So am I. <laughs> Do you think there's a common theme that most empaths and highly, highly, highly like I would say psychic or intuitive women attract socio -nar narcissists because I talked about it in like my one of my first episodes. And the common yeah. thing that I've seen is women who are so in tune, so just amazing. They just tend to have this pattern of attracting these narcissists and these sociopaths and these men that other people are probably your friends probably told you, I don't know what you see in him. He's not even that hot or like, what does he really have? But you saw something that made you just go to them like a magnet and you weren't able to just pull away. Right. You know, it's a great question. And I think I would have made bigger generalizations about narcissists mm -hmm. and empaths and women with like deeper intuitions. Um, 
like I would have kind of been like, yeah, I, I know. But now I just feel like, yeah, 100%, I believe narcissists and empaths are like moths to yes. a flame or magic, like you said. But I think what the missing piece is for the empath is that somewhere along the way, and we're speaking generally right. in the pronouns of male, female, Absolutely. right? Like there's, there's female narcissists and male 100%. empaths. Um, just, I speak as my own experience as a heterosexual woman, but my, my, I have a course it's for everybody. I do coach one-on-one women, but gay women as well. So I just want to say that I'm speaking just for male, female because of my own experience, but, um, that I think the missing piece for the empath is that somewhere along the way, Mm -hmm. she, she learned to abandon herself. I don't that like the the empath all of a sudden just meets the narcissist and starts to abandon herself. I think there was a pattern where it was like put others before herself and like love others harder than herself. And, and, And she didn't, and I'm speaking as myself and I'm speaking for, you know, now I've been doing this for three years and I have a full client list. And so I'm talking to these women every day. It was just like, I loved him so much that I wanted to put his needs before mine. And I didn't even realize the lack of love for myself that I was demonstrating. It's like, they don't know. And that's exactly what my experience was. So, um, yeah. And I also think too, you know, in empaths and I know you identify as an empath Mm -hmm. and, and so why is that, um, and, and I'm an Irish woman and Irish women have very strong intuition. <laughs> you know, nice. it's a sixth sense. My mom could always tell when I was lying and like, <laughs> you know, she would just look at me and she's like, you did something. And I'm like, how does she know? Yeah, my mom's like that too. <laughs> be like nothing. And even now, you know, they live across the country and, and sometimes she'll check in and she's like, I feel like something's wrong. Yep. I'm like, how does she know? Yeah, my mom knew I had strep when I was in Italy. Oh my gosh, incredible. Like, so it's a beautiful strap. <laughs> I love it. I love it. My mom's not that into it. That's incredible. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think empaths have this special power, but if you're not taught yes. how to use it, then it can really F you over. And, oh, yeah. and, and you have to learn it the hard way because I never would have understood my lack of love for myself and my willingness to forgive cheating after cheating and lie after lie and, and just like piece together and be willing to like, let him convince me that he wasn't changing his story. Like I couldn't believe because I, you know, as much as like an Irish woman is, and I'm now I'm generalizing about the Irish culture. <laughs> I'm allowed to, because I am Irish. <laughs> but, it's okay. I love hearing I, this. this you know, great. that strong intuition, but also I'm fiery. Yeah. You know, wait, not oh, yeah. up what the hell right it's like this doesn't add up and I would fight him on it Mm. and you have demons inside and I'm gonna fix you and I'm gonna help you and like Mm. I'm not going and I would just be like there's got to be something wrong with me that this person who I love so much who's telling me he loves me so much and I'm accusing him of doing these things that he's saying he would never do to me and then when it all came out in the wash he was doing so much Mm. that I really knew he was in my heart and in my gut um, and I think that that's really what it comes down to. And also I think at the end of the day, mm-hmm. take things slowly. I moved in with him like two weeks after we started dating. Wow, now, I've been for a couple of years. Oh, okay. And, 
I had moved back from LA. I was broke as a joke. The economy crashed. I was an actress and I had been living off commercial money for years. And then I was like, oh, I got to figure out my finances. And I came back to become a yoga teacher in New York because that's where I grew up for the most part. And um, he uh, was just like swooped right in. And I knew that he kind of had these vibes out for me. And he had also been dating someone prior and I had seen the way he had treated her. We were in this like theater circle of friends. And I was just like, this guy is bad news, but I was super vulnerable having come off the heels of another heartbreak a year prior. And I just like went all in. Now I asked him, I said, I saw the way you treated this woman, mm-hmm. you know, how different. And of course he gave me like such a convincing song and dance. Yeah, and I went right in, right. you know, I don't regret any of it. I think Good. like, you know, I, just interviewed on um for an article and they were like you know talking about like they referenced in the question like you know now looking back at your wrong decisions or something like that and I was like I don't look at any of my decisions as wrong because they led me to here I had to move in with him to in two weeks and let the whole thing explode and all the drama get to the level that it did in order for me to wake up and start looking in the mirror and deal with myself because it's not about him it's about me clear I love that so um, it really was so worth it at the end. And the healthy partnership that I have now, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it now because I would never have been inspired to do the work if I had just stayed in that low-level relationship. Agreed. Is, is your current, you know, guy someone you've been around for – he's been around for a long time or did you just meet – like, is he new? Like, was he around? Did you ever, like, not consider him for a bit? What's that story? He actually, um, so I have been living, I was living in LA for like six years. Mm So I, and he, we swiped on each other. So I took five off from dating last year and I went all in, had much more, um, I had a lot more to focus on in my business. Like it was like, I felt really at the beginning. So we're in 2020, right? So yeah. the beginning of 2019, I was like, I had these business goals mm-hmm. and I was like, I want to meet the love of my life. And I know my whole coaching approach is that my thoughts create my results. And I've been working with coaches and I saw how my life was transforming from this approach. And, and I said to my business coach, I'm like, I have this business goal, but I also want to call in the love of my life. And she was like, I say, you know, go for it. Do whatever you want to do. Just know that if you have these two huge goals, you're probably not going to hit your business goal. Are you willing to like not hit your business goal to create the space to call in the love of your life? And I was Interesting. like, oh. And so I started to like tackle both at once. And it was just way too much because it's like coaching 20 clients, networking, uh, posting, marketing, all that, all of that, doing all that self-care and then swiping and going out on dates and trying to like still have my social life with like my friends who are like, it's a lot too much. Yeah. So I was like, I got to just slow this train down. And I was like, I'm willing. And I was uh, 37 mm-hmm. at the time. So, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, the clock ticking, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe <laughs> in that bullshit. Thoughts create your results. So I was like, I'm hitting pause and I'm going all in on me and my business. And when that feels like a little bit more under control, because my business blew up so fast, it was like, it was like, I needed to catch up with my business and like wow. catch up with myself. I mean, I know those aren't big problems, but like it was a new theater major. And all of a sudden I was like running this booming business and I was like, ah, I'm doing and trying to stay healthy yeah. and serve who I had while still being on top of it, which was just a bizarre thing. And so, you know, when the growth happens, it's like very terrifying. Yes. 
Wow. Um, that was all going on. And then finally, I like really got myself to a place where I was like, okay, I've got the 20 clients now, everything's solid. I can like really carve out the time. And I created, and this is what I offer in my course. I have a course called, I just released it less than a month ago called Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. And so I, I say in this process in the Find Someone Better section, I, I, I share exactly what I did to call him in. And I created what I call a belief man plan, if you will. Ooh, but if anyone I like it. And woman, insert woman, um, but I like that belief man plan. And um, I really just got clear on who he is and the thoughts I would think if he was here and just really stayed in my life. And I was very unattached to the how and the when. Good. I didn't give a yes, you know exactly. what about swiping. I didn't care if I was going to meet him on the app at the end of the day. I was like, well, my thoughts can create my result. And if I'm in the result of having the love of my life, I don't care how it happened. I don't care when it happened. If I don't meet him till 45, who cares? Because when he's here, I'm just going to be like, oh, I'm so in love. I love that. I wish more people would think about that. Yeah. And also not caring, I think brought him quicker. Yeah. I was fulfilled. So there's in my course, um, there's four sections and I set you up with the mindset tools and teach you in the, what you need to succeed section. Then there's the stop wanting and back section. And then in the middle section, it's the fall in love with you section. And I really slow this process down with my clients because I don't believe in heal your heart and then jump to go find the next person. I think yeah. it's heal your heart and then date yourself and fall that much more in love with you so that you stop attracting these dudes who are a mirror reflection of being unavailable because you're the unavailable person. So I really got to this place where I was like, my life is so good. I almost don't feel like dating, but I had to remind myself. I was like, wait, Claire, you know, you want to share your life with someone. Don't lie to yourself just to stay safe in this like amazing place that you've just set yourself up. It was like, life was so good. I was like, why would I want to rock the boat? That was my automatic thought. And then I was like, Claire, don't bullshit yourself. <laughs> I love that. And so I went about it and he came really fast. We swiped on each other. And turned out he lived in Santa Barbara. And I was kind of like, eh, he lives in Santa Barbara. Ah, whatever. okay. And then he circled back and he was like, I know we're not exactly neighbors, but I'd really like us to meet. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like next time you're in LA, let me know. Like I just was so unattached. I thought he was so hot. But I was also like, how many times have I swiped on someone where they live two hours away? And it, you know, it doesn't really anywhere. happen. And then here we are 14 months later, I live in Santa Barbara after. So it was really, um, I mean, it sounds really fast, but he actually has four kids under the age of 12. And so, um, we didn't see each other all the time in the beginning okay. every two weeks. And, um, so it was really like the most healthy paced, like, slow build. I mean, the, the feelings were clearly pretty intense right off the bat, but even still I kept my feelings close to the vest. And so did he, it wasn't like emoting onto each other before we really got to know each other. And, um, I just fell in love super fast. And Aww. so did he. I love and he like his own stuff and it was just, yeah. Emotional connection, intellectual connection, physical connection, or all, all off the charts. But that said, you know, I don't also, I, I coach my clients, like you don't have to have the insane physical connection. Exactly. Right off. Yes. You know, like also for guys where I've been on a few dates with them and I'm like, I'm not sure. And then the, the chemistry builds, but with him, it, it just was, but I felt like it was such a gift because I had done so much growth work on the physical attraction stuff or he doesn't have to be six feet. And then Larry came into my life and he was just like all the things and I was like, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <universe." laughs> 
I used to compromise on height because I always wanted somebody tall. Yeah. And then I realized once I dated people a little bit taller than me, I'm like, no, that's actually something I can't give up. It's it really it makes me more attracted to that to that person. Like I can't give that part of it up. It really it's like a formula. I need that for it to feel complete and feel like I can really like fall for that person because it's important. Totally, totally. I totally hear that. I mean, I ended up, there was a guy and he ended up kind of, I don't want to say breaking my heart, but he like, you know. Disappointed me. I like to say disappointed. I got disappointed. He definitely was leading, but I I said, well, the learning lesson for that was I was willing to like continue to, to continue to see things through, even though. He definitely was not 5'10". He was like 5'9", and I'm 5'8". So, but I, you know, I, I just love showing up to see, because it's like what my client, my clients will say, but that's not my type. That's not my type. And I'm like, but you're coming to me because your type isn't working for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're not saying you have to run into the, run off into the sunset with the guy who, you know, might just be the exact same height as you because it's all relative, depending on what people's heights are, right? Exactly. That, yeah. That you're willing to show up and explore and see um, you know, it's not just about, well, if I know he's not my person, then I'm not going out with him anymore because the height is the deal breaker. It's like, you don't know, yeah, but you like really you don't. saving yourself for people who are six feet and taller. And how's that working for you? In the words of Dr. Phil. You know? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. why do you think like most women fix, or we could say men, women, uh, do yeah. you think they fixate on one person and don't believe a better person is out there for him? Why do they just get so attached and just so, oof. Like, I can't let them go. There's no one else. Like, this was the best yeah. I could do. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I really think it's that they don't believe it's possible to find someone better. Yeah. This is the best they're going to get. And, you know, I really felt in my rock bottom relationship, truth be told, my thought was nobody loved me the way he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, back on the too. So I was desperate to get back to that place of him wooing me and telling me that he had been in love with me for the last two years. And like, I just remember I was like down about something over Christmas. I couldn't remember, but I remember, I don't know why it's, maybe it's because it's Christmas time right now, but like, I remember him saying like, you know, all that matters is that we have each other. And like, if you and I were just here on Christmas day in my apartment and it was just us and like the tree, like that's all I need. I mean, meanwhile, he was dating somebody else at the time and oh, telling okay. him together, but like, I just felt like nobody ever stood up to the plate like that for me or said those things to me. And so I was like, I want that because I wasn't, it's two things to be in it. They don't think that they can get any better, but they also don't realize that they're, he's filling their void and they don't really want to go inward and deal with the feelings of being alone and look at their own relationship with themselves. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. And like, truly, I remember even when I finally found an amazing therapist, I got out of New York because that mm-hmm. whole debacle in New York went to LA, finally found an amazing therapist, which was such a great foundation before the coaching because the coaching is so much more action-based, yeah. but it's so much more transformational in terms of creating your reality. Whereas I still believe, I, I definitely heal hearts through coaching, but a huge component that really was such a takeaway with my therapist that I still infuse in my coaching work was, you know, I didn't want to, to learn how to love me. I don't even get what that means. I want him to love me. Mm. Like, 
thought, right? And so as I said earlier, my whole coaching approach is that your thoughts create your results. Like yes. I, in my brain, it was a fact that I just wanted someone else to do the loving for me. I wasn't interested in me loving me. I didn't even get the concept, F that, no thank you. I just want him to uh, follow through on his word, make his wrongs right, and be the man that he promised me to be and give me the future that he promised me. That's all I want. That's what's going to make me happy. I don't want to do this inner work BS. I want him to make his wrongs right and show up and be the man that he told me he was. I mean, I'm not sitting here proudly being like, isn't that great? But that was my truth in my brain, right? And so it took a long time for me to be like, oh, wow, what does that say about me that I'm looking for someone else to give me the love that I'm clearly not giving to myself? Because if I really loved myself, I wouldn't want someone who gaslights me, cheats on me. Exactly. guards me right it was like you're doing all these things to me and all I want is for you to make things right I feel like you're in my head like you're in my head like last year (laughs) that's really funny like exactly the same thoughts I had last year yeah and I mean that's the thing and that's why I think like if I am not trying to sound so uh tooting my own horn but I think that that's why my business blew up was because I was sharing the thoughts that I think so many women and men, because I hear from men too, they're thinking them and then they feel like, oh wait, I'm not alone or oh wait, I'm not crazy or oh wait, there isn't something wrong with me. Like I'm like, yeah, I moved in with him in two weeks. Yeah. When I found out he cheated on me, the first thing I did was I threw him a punch across his chest. Like I'm not saying woohoo, go me, but like, I'm like, I was in such a dark, angry, sad place. Yeah. I avoided dating for three years. Like this was me. This was my pain. Yeah. Yeah. And when I did get back out there, it wasn't pretty because I hadn't done the proper healing work. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to avoid and stay small. I searched for therapists. I was doing all the yoga and the meditation. I was still crippled with so much pain. And so Mm -hmm. um, that's why I do what I do because it doesn't have to last that long and you don't have to avoid opening your heart again. And you also have to build resilience and develop these tools so that if you do get your heart broken again, Mm -hmm. it's not going to hurt. It's just how to move through the hurt in a much different way. Okay, good. So we can kind of avoid it, not avoid it, but just weaken the heartbreak by self-growth and healing. It's not, oh, it's not inevitable. It's going to happen, but we can, with the necessary tools, we can actually soften the blow. Uh, I mean, I have to say three years ago with this guy, he was clearly available. I wouldn't identify him as a sociopath or even mm-hmm. a narcissist, but Maybe a hair of narcissism, you know, there's lots of layers. Hair. Yeah. Um, but um, I was still in a lot of pain and it still took me a long time to get over him. Um, but I committed to the tools every day. I had tools, I had mindset tools, I had thought work to do. I was working with a coach. Like I could see that my brain mm-hmm. was creating so much more suffering than he was doing to me. It was my wow. thought about him and my thoughts about what he thought of me. It's not reality. It's my story. And if I can just keep watching the story that I'm creating and then consciously let my, and also I say this all the time in my course, heartbreak, healing heartbreak is not a linear process. So it was filled with hope and possibility and felt like I was feeling good. And then there were other where and pangs of longing. So what do I do with that? Am I going to grieve or am I going to self-coach or am I going to call my coach, right? Like that I had 
different options depending on what the moment was and getting to know myself through that. And then ultimately looking back and, and spoiler alert for anyone who's listening who may want to get my course because I think it's like the most amazing offering that's in lifetime access. Um, but that, um, you know, there's not one person who I dated where I'm like, oh, the one that got away. Okay. Put them on this pedestal. And then when you really unpack, it's like, he wasn't that great. Yeah. That's oh, I hear that a lot. Keeping me at arm's length. And so many clients come to me, Davina, and they're like, no, it was amazing. We were so yeah. great. And then as I start to learn more about the relationship, I'm like, that doesn't sound amazing. That doesn't sound amazing. It wasn't that great, but it was like the best relationship you knew. Mm. It's great. There's something Do- so much better. So do you think men deal with heartbreak differently than women? I feel like they are way more sensitive. Do you agree? So interesting. I, 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 I'm weary of generalizing because I just think everybody has their own unique. And I, 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 what I will generalize is that I hear so many women generalize Mm -hmm. men. And I'm just like, that story is just not going to serve you. But what I have read and what I have observed. And so again, I say just from my own observations, I don't state this as a fact that I think men tend to delay their heartbreak and don't deal and escape and or whatever. And then it hits them later on. Keyword delay. I like that. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. My his heartbroken and he was in excruciating pain and it was like, yeah, pain right away. And then um, I heard from an old male client. I don't coach men one-on-one now, but um, he reached out and was just like, oh my gosh, I got my heart broken. Like there are some men who are deep feelers to, to your point that they can be more sensitive, but because I'm, you, you know, my whole course and, and my podcast is called stop wanting him back and find someone better. I'm usually hearing from women who want to stop wanting their partners back. I see. Yeah. Ooh, delay. I like that. I have maybe a little, I have a question that might be a little bit controversial, but if you're willing to answer it, I think it would be really great for some people. Yeah. Okay. So do you think relationships with our fathers may affect how we deal with heartbreak? Um, It's not that I think that that's a controversial question. I think it's just that it's like, again, a little too general. I think it's more, I think it's more the model relationship that we perceive of our parents. Okay. Yes. Cause that was like part two of it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay. But like, you know, my, I have two older brothers. One is single. I'm just settling down now with the love of my life. My middle brother is married with three kids. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you can have, you still can have like, uh, have a completely, you know, it's like hard to say because what's my perception of my parents and like me being the only girl or whatever, but like, I'm super close to my dad, but like, also I grew up, it's hard for me to answer because Mm. we moved from Ireland when I was eight years old. So I really was raised by Irish parents who grew up in the forties and the fifties and, and the sixties. And they, yeah, they were born in the late forties. So most, they really like, late 50s throughout the 60s that was their up and you know 
at that time, they, their emotions didn't matter. <laughs> they weren't taught how to feel, you know? And so um, that being raised by them, like their love language is very different than mine. It's super strong. They're there. I mean, literally I could call it, we could call my parents right now and they would both pick up the phone. And if they don't, they'll, they'll like leave whatever they're doing and come outside and be like, hi, everything's That's okay. Like, That's so they're cute. so there for me. But in terms of like, I love you. Mm-hmm. And when you, this it made me feel this that will never <laughs> that's right. just like we operate and so um for sure I would say it's safe to say I didn't have tools on how to process heartbreak and and my parents are still together but again like Irish Catholic marriage it's just like I would say any of my friends in Ireland and my cousins like all of my aunts and uncles have stayed together except maybe one it was just like divorce was just legalized like 10 years ago in Ireland it's wow. just like it's just a different world. So then here I am very Americanized growing up here and experiencing things so differently. And um, I would identify more as like, you know, I, I, I was just so into the uh, Oprah-fied society about talking about feelings and all the things. But um, I, I don't know. It's a hard question for me to answer because there was so much love demonstrated. But yeah, I didn't have, but also my dad was like the one person because my mom, I think it was like too close to home to her to see me. So like broken and mm-hmm. underweight where dad, he would be the one calling me being like, we're concerned about you. What's going on? Like, you know, like, um, uh, and yet it was still really painful and hard for me. And I didn't have those tools to move through it because my parents certainly didn't have them. So they still are like, they're so proud of me and like what I've done with my life and my business, but they're definitely like, wow, we don't get what you do. Interesting. <laughs> Have you ever had to turn away a client? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. And I also, you know, my one-on-one coaching is a pretty expensive um, option. And so I don't just take anyone. Like um, I had a consultation with someone last week and she was just really wound up about her boyfriend leaving her and, you know, they've made up and broken up, made up and broken up. Mm -hmm. And like, she was like, I really want to do this. And I was like, okay, so if he calls you tomorrow and says he wants you back, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And she was like, Ooh, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I coach women on stopping wanting Mr. or Miss wrong back. Uh I don't coach one foot in and one foot out. If you keep running back and forth, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here for you to stop the madness. And so I really, and so it's interesting that like, it almost like for the ones who are like terrified to let him go, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, oh my God, I have to do this. But also at the same time, I think that that's what's made my clients have so much success because I'm here and I'm like, you're paying me a lot of money to get results. And I'm telling you right now, if you keep going back to him, I won't coach you. And that makes them know that I'm really serious about them getting the results. And so um, I just had a client on who I've been working with for almost six months and she came to me heartbroken and she's now found an amazing guy. And yeah. And she said on the podcast, she was like, when, when I thought you almost weren't going to take me, it made me want to work with you more. Cause I was like, Oh, this girl's serious. Right. Like I charge a lot of money because I think it's worth it. If you're willing to do the hard work and create the results, but I don't want just your money for you to not get the results. Um, so I have no problem turning people away or, you know, there's been come to Jesus moments with a few clients where I'm like, mm-hmm. you keep doing the same shit. And, you know, we could be in the dating people phase, but they're still like not consciously taking the coaching and, and applying it and approaching dating in a different way. And I'm like, why are you, 
why did you spend all this money and why would you show up for the session and then go do the opposite? Which by the way, that I, I offer a six month commitment for my one-on-one. They're uh-huh. supposed to fall on. They're supposed to not listen. That's why it's six months because we all, <laughs> I love that. Things. Not I like, love like you're a, it's not like you're a bad girl. If you don't do all the things I work with yeah. two coaches, um, yeah, I could go on and on about my own experience of like, I haven't done everything perfectly with my coach, but like, that's the point of coaching is for them to show you your blind spots, blind spots to get out of your own way so that you can start creating the result of healing and falling in love with you and finding someone better. And the way you're doing it hasn't been working, which is why you're hiring me. So do it my way. And I mm-hmm. promise you the results that you want. That's so Wait, can I know your sign and your boyfriend's sign? I'm curious. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm an Aquarius and he is, ooh, what is he? It's so funny. Um, I'm the worst about horoscopes. When's his He's birthday? August 30th. Is he Sag? August 30th? Yes. Oh my God. I was thinking he's a Virgo. I'm August 29th. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. You guys are karmic signs. <gasps> Divina. We can so- talk later if you want. I can go deeper into this. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, you guys are karmic. Makes love. sense. I love it. Besides taking your... Uh, besides getting coached by you, what are your other best heartbreak healing tips? Um, besides, I mean, I don't have tips. It's always your thoughts create your results. Okay. That's my approach. Right. And it's so funny. I love that you asked that question because my clients like, you read my push articles, you see me hop on, um, social media. And I'm always like, you're the one creating this. You're the one creating your suffering. You get to create your ideal person. You get to create the loving relationship with yourself. And this is what it's, what it looks like. And then my, like I had a client the other day and I offer on-call support for my one-on-one clients. And she was like, so before our next session, you know, instead of coaching, I would really like some mentorship. She like wanted to tell me how, how she wanted the session to go and it wasn't going to be coaching. Oh, it was going to be something funny. else. And, and I love her so much. But she like, it's like, we still want to look for some other way to heal and some other way to create love in our life. And it's always your thoughts, create your results. So there's no tips. Short and sweet. I love it. Piggybacking off of what I said earlier is that, you know, if you're having a really painful thought, like I just want him back mm-hmm. I just miss it's like you're just crippled with the emotional pain and the longing. I'm not going to be like, mm, well, that's just your thoughts. No, I'm a human. She's a human. She's grieving. Part of the human experience is to experience loss, right? So sometimes it's like you got to just be with your pain. And so I offer, you know, obviously allowing yourself to cry, giving yourself permission to cancel your day like it's like people think oh my god I can't not show up to work because I'm heartbroken yes you can now I'm not saying quit your job and let yourself (laughs) right I mean there's a balance to all of it but if you are suffering and you are in a lot of pain and you just feel like you can't focus give yourself permission to lie in bed for a day or two and let yourself breathe and then keep asking yourself I would just say cultivating awareness what are the that are making you feel that that overwhelming longing right and then am i willing to look at how 
I want him back. That thought, am I willing to look at how that's not true? Not when I'm crippled in pain, lying in bed, like just can't even freaking think about putting one foot in front of the other. But, you know, maybe after one or two days of grief, can I get out of bed and jot down my thoughts and see, is, is there an opening for me to shift out of it? But it's like being with your brain, being with your body, giving yourself grace and compassion. And then when you're ready to shift your thinking to create different results, put pen to paper and do the tools that I teach. Claire, you are just, thank you. That was good. <laughs> I really had so much fun. I can't wait to see what else you write for Poosh and your podcasts and you, Davina. It was such a pleasure. Thank Amazing. You so Thank you. Tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, awesome. Thank you. So you can find me on Instagram at Claire, the heartbreak coach, Claire with an I and E C L A I R E. You can also head on over to Claire, the heartbreak. Um, you can find all my articles there and my podcast there, stop wanting him back and find someone better. And you can also apply for my six month one-on-one -on -one coaching program or purchase my lifetime access course that has almost 60 videos also called stop wanting him back and find someone better. But it's really for every race, gender, religion, and sexual orientation. Thank you so much, Claire. We'll be in touch. Thank you, Davina. Have a wonderful day. Have Let's take a short break. I wanted to talk about, obviously, I'm all for small female-run businesses, and I have to shout out to Lola's in New Jersey. That's at Lola's NJ on Instagram. It's run by Melanie Gibson. She is 23 years old, and she owns her own business. She carries the cutest sets, the best sets for your work-from-home wardrobe, best accessories, all designer inspired, great jewelry at affordable prices. And she supports other female owned businesses. Obviously, I had to get behind that and I had to collaborate with her. So shop lolasnj.com or go on Instagram and tell her I sent you. Enjoy. Happy shopping. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, I'd really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.